Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to Bank Holiday Blood and Mud, the podcast that looks upon the planted border that is the weekend rugby and sees only weeds, discarded beer bottles, and a load of bloody work that needs to be done. Spoken Have a guess like what a I've been doing this weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, spoken like a man who spent his bank holiday Monday out in the fucking garden. Uh, I'm Lee, as usual. Yes, you are. Joining me over there is... I remain Josh, indeed. Just it, about. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with me about you know gardening woes, or rugby, <laughs> I suppose rugby as well, if you insist... Yeah. Um, I'm at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud.com. Josh, you are? Mm-hmm. Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rugby Shirt Watch uh, and indeed RugbyShirtWatch.com. You, have you done any gardening this weekend? Have you had to suffer um, that? I have actually, um, because obviously um, I had some carpet put down in our living room on uh, on Saturday and then spent Sunday in the clearing a summer house of a lot of stuff that doesn't belong to us and taking it to the tip so that some professionals can come and basically level my garden in the week. I'm fucking delighted. Brilliant. Can't wait. Um, you can get in touch with the pod. I've already done that bit. Yeah. Confusing me notes, you see. I'm it's, tired after all this gardening. Basically, yeah. yeah. You know, we're on Acast. We're on yeah. Apple Podcasts. And we're on Bank Holiday. Yeah, we're on so. Bank Holiday. 
and we're yeah. on. I'm I'm on a not water bottle right now. I'm not I'm not ashamed to tell you. <laughs> I'm on a not water bottle because it was it was our it was our graft out there pulling up thistles, man. Yeah, I mean, I I very nearly didn't make this podcast because I nearly died yesterday in what would have been one of the stupidest ways to die that a human being could ever die. Right. Um, in that, as I said, you know, we've been doing a fair bit of gardening, a fair bit of DIY lately. The bin's quite full, all right? You mm-hmm. know, it's 2019. Your bin only gets picked up once a fortnight. We've got tiny fucking bins now. It's well annoying anyway. So we had one more... more uh, bin bag to squeeze into the bin last night and I was trying to push the bin down you know it's grim and I was just like this I, I know where this is going I bet but go on so yeah. I'm gonna well I'm gonna have to just you know use some of my the bulk that God has given me to uh to force this down <laughs> with my feet so what I do is I hop up on the little low wall that we've got on our drive uh one foot on there one foot on the on the bin and fa- to be in fairness to me it fucking worked all right, it, it, you know, it squashed it down like a motherfucker. But where do you always end up? <laughs> well, the problem was that my drive, as you know, Lee, is quite a steep slope. It is a steep slope, yeah. Yeah, and wheelie bins have got wheels, haven't they? So when you start putting a lot of downward pressure on a wheelie bin on a steep slope, <laughs> the the bin starts moving. <laughs> and when your leg is sort of half in a bin and half on a wall and it starts moving, uh, you've got a decision to make. And... So I basically, like, just flung myself out of said bin uh, and grabbed onto the fence and just about managed to keep myself upright. Otherwise, I probably would have just rolled down the hill in a bin and then cracked my head up and then died. Yeah. So, it's, um, I mean, it's... it's very... As, I was, as it was happening, I was thinking, well, at least this is a funny way to go. Yeah. But, and you, yeah. You would die doing what you loved, of course, crushing stuff in bins. I mean, he, doesn't want to, he doesn't like doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bins, my, my, one of my favourite things in the world. Well, so, yeah, he doesn't yeah, love a bin. Yeah. Yeah. Where would we be without? Exactly. And speaking of where would we be without people or things, where would we be Indeed. without our lovely patrons? What, We're what on, a segue. Thank you. Hello. We're on patreon.com uh, forward slash, not forward slash, whatever, whatever, whatever direction the slash goes in, blood and mud, patreon.com slash blood I think and it mud. is forward slash. Yeah, I think yeah. it is forward slash, isn't it? Because backslash yeah. is when you're doing network stuff, isn't it? Backslash uh. is like in DOS and all that, going back, back in the day. <laughs> Um, we just yeah. alienated a whole load of yeah, loads of people readers, have no yeah. idea what we're talking about. Yeah, young so readers, readers, oh, but we haven't got a chance. Readers, not a fucking yeah, chance. Bank holiday, I tell you, cross-eyed Honestly. with delirium. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who donates there a couple of dollars each month to keep this thing rolling and the, this kind Indeed. of quality chat and banter coming out. Mm. Uh, we especially big thank you this week just to another gentleman who's not entered the two dollar. Alib Brew Lounge. He's decided to go straight in. He's not wasted any time. Straight into the VIP lounge. Welcome. I absolutely respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome new latest close personal friend of this podcast, Die Perk. Welcome along. And thank you very much for your VIP lounge Patreon subscription. Indeed. Welcome. While we're on Patreon, it's probably worth mentioning that um, mm. there is no... Our off-season is normally in July, August. Yes, but we've this, been talking about this, Yeah, we? this year there is no um, off-season off in July and August because they're doing all the World Cup warm-ups. There is an off-season in June because there's no auto, there's no June international tours. So therefore, we are going to go off doing the weekly normal podcast in June. However, yes. we will be doing weekly podcasts for patrons in June as part we of will. the deal that we said that we would give you as extra stuff if you were a patron. 
So we've got a few things lined mm-hmm. up. So we'll do our best to try and get it out as usual on a Monday. We've got at least one more history podcast coming out and a couple of other things we're going to be looking at as well. Um, and we'll get those out every week. So just, so just so you know, those of you who are not patrons, there will be no weekly pod from... as The last one will be next week. Yeah, and we'll basically then be back uh, once the internationals and the World Cup warm-ups start again. Yeah. Or, to be honest with you, whenever we feel like it, you know? Yeah, because, you know, those warm-up internationals can't be that exciting, can they? No, no. We start as so, we yeah. always start, with a player spotted... Uh, this one's been sent to us by Joe Daniels. He says, this was in the DMs, thank you, Joe. He says, mm-hmm. I was travelling from East London on a westbound district line train. Already a good level of detail. This is a promising start. Yep, the exactly. monotony of the journey was suddenly interrupted by two men who boarded the train at Victoria, equipped with a saxophone and suspiciously <sighs> jolly dispositions. Uh-oh. They proceeded to treat London's commuters to roughly five minutes of rousing tunes before waiting to be rewarded with applause and charitable donations, of which they received neither. <laughs> Must be a soul-destroying job, that, wasn't it? Bus got on Honestly, the Honestly, hardest job in the world. Well, it's not, but you know. You know what I mean. Uh, it was yeah. only after they exited the train that I noticed a man tucked into a priority seat who looked familiar. It was former Newcastle, Toulon, Northampton and London Welsh utility back, Mr Tom May. Yeah. He was reading the new Stephen King thriller, The Outsider, is he still writing books, Stephen King? Fuck knows. Yeah. Obviously, it would seem so. Yeah. Which must be good because he didn't even join in when the saxophonist started playing Oh, When the Saints Come Marching In. <laughs> I didn't find out his final destination, but I assume it was Richmond. It's safe to assume it was Richmond. Absolutely, yeah. Well, didn't he, wasn't he originally, didn't he really start his career at Richmond, if memory serves? Probably, and he finished his yeah. career in Richmond at London Welsh, didn't he? So, yes, he did, yeah. He does a lot of uh, corporate stuff. Does a lot of work with Nick Heath, actually. He's a very good-looking yeah. man, Tom May. He's, incredible. he's one of those, one of those people that uh, he's gone grey and it absolutely suits him. It's perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked weirder before he was grey, and he's like retired, but he's still in ridiculously cut shape. Yeah, yeah. He's henchous. My fuck, isn't he? brother-in-law went on a corporate, um, which Tom May was at doing something or other, mm. and I said, I said, was he getting a lot of attention, Tom? And my brother-in-law was like, you would not believe how much attention he was getting from certain <laughs> sections of the audience, if you know what I mean. No, I can believe it, actually. Anyway, good luck, Tom, and thank you very much, Joe, for sending that in. Good level of detail. Thank if you. you've got a player spotted with that kind of mundane detail in it, send it on the DM, or you can send it at com. Absolutely. Shall we talk about some news this fine oh, we better add, didn't we? Yeah. The England squad's been named. News? Yes, well, the England 15 squad has been named. Let's yeah, not call the it the England, England squad. <laughs> yes, asterisk. A the squad Eng- that has so many asterisks that Eddie Jones couldn't even be bothered to fucking turn up. It has more asterisks than Barry Bonds. It's um, <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, and, and um, Lonely Jim's in charge, which I'd, I'd forgotten all about. Yeah, I'd forgotten about all that. Well, I mean, again, it shows the absolute, you know, massive import that Eddie Jones places on a Barbarians game that he's not only made this a uncapped international, but he can't even be bothered to turn up this year. Is it because they lost last year? You know, why would you put yourself through it? You know what I mean? You're yeah. probably certainly going, I'm not getting fucking involved. You've nothing <laughs> just, to gain just, and everything to lose, haven't you? going to turn up and watch Pat Lamb fucking smear me across the Twickenham turf <laughs> while playing fucking Harlem Globetrotters rugby. <laughs> this is like the perfect job for Pat Lamb, isn't it? Isn't like it? all I'm of so your crazy excited. shit run free, Pat. Yeah. And so many of those players have got a fucking point to prove as well. It's like, 
Reese Webb's involved. Charles Piatow is involved. Uh, I don't think. Oh, who else is involved? Oh, Joe Marler's involved. It's like. Yeah, they've still not given Haskell a Barbarian's cap, have they? No. No farewell Barbarian's cap for James. Naya Avoro's involved. That's <laughs> going to be fun. Beckettoa's involved. Mark Atkinson's involved for some reason. Um, nice player, Mark Atkinson, take... actually. Underrated, but yeah. Yeah. Is he, like... the, is he the token uncapped one? Yeah, it's him and Pierre Schumann from Edinburgh are both uncapped. But right. um, Bill Matter's involved. Francois Lowe's involved. Kundo Issa's involved. This is going to be fucking bags <laughs> fun, is what I'm saying. And up against but, uh, up against them. To be fair, it, at least Lonely Jim has picked children. the greatest fullback in the entire world has been selected, though. Mr. Simon it's Hammersley. Which just goes to show that, you know, None of these players will ever get near an England team. I, I love Simon Hammersley, like, but somebody I, I can't remember it was on Twitter said the other way, and I love it. Your... I love him for everything that he isn't. Do you know what I mean? I love him for everything he'll that he isn't. Your your vague kind of, you know, he'll be on your doorstep next year, won't he? Because he signed for he signed sale. for sale, yes. Yeah. And uh, somebody the other week was saying, now he's gone to now he's gone to sale. You watch that England will there'll be an England cap calling, or England will be start talking about England. I was at a, a, a less unfashionable club I'm not saying Sale's a fashionable club but he's, I think they're even they're more fashionable than Newcastle but mm. I was just like are you fucking gazing I love Simon <laughs> Amersley right he does a good job every week but to suggest he's international class is a staggeringly misguided piece of analysis yeah when you look at these backs and it's like Josh Bassett Simon Hammersley Joe Marchant Piers O'Connor Callum Sheedy Ben White Johnny Williams Mark like None, with the exception of Marcus Smith, I genuinely don't think that any of these players are ever going to play for England. And maybe Callum Sheedy, but I'm quite annoyed about that. But we'll talk about that later. Do you want to talk about that now? Since we just mentioned yeah. it. Callum Fuck Sheedy's it, Callum in Sheedy. then. Yeah. For those people who don't know, I know a lot of listeners will know, but do you want to explain why you're pissed off with this for those who don't well, know? Well, because Callum Sheedy is fucking Welsh. Born and raised in Cardiff. Born and raised in Cardiff, went to school in Cardiff, got poached by a fucking English public school, as is the way. Millfield. It's always Millfield, Millfield, isn't it? It's always fucking Millfield. Um, and has he famously turned down the opportunity. He played for Wales under-16. He's Irish qualified as well, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, he's dad's Irish, um, isn't he? He has got a pick of three, yeah. three nations, hasn't he? Yeah, and he played under-16s for Wales, under-19s for Ireland, um, and turned, famously turned down a Wales under-20s uh, cap because they were the capture team at that point uh, and didn't want to tie himself to Wales. Or uh, He said at the time because he thought that it would harm his career at Bristol because obviously there's quotas and things like that. Mm. But in reality, that's bollocks. And he's nailed his colours to the mass pre-obviously now. However, this is a pretend international, so he... He's on caps, isn't he? So he could still be... uh... I just think I like I really like Callum Sheedy. I think he's a really talented player. I've really enjoyed watching him for Bristol. He's five foot eight and eighty two kgs. And somebody as talented as Damien McKenzie sometimes struggles with that. Yeah, let's think he is not fucking Damien McKenzie. Well, quite he's very well, not yet very, anyway. Maybe, but he, no, he he's a very like good. He's a very good young player, but he is not Damien McKenzie. And I just think. It, it's it's you know good absolutely you know more power to him if he wants to go and get a cap go and get a cap but I just think of all the teams to try and if you're going to nail your colours to a mast as a sort of fringe player I always just think England's the stupidest one to do it yes 
because there's so much competition and there's all and because there's so much competition there's always the chance that you will be this month's fucking hot shit and then you'll never be heard from again because you know that is the very nature of England. you know he's basically you know he's, it's lucky that this is an uncapped game because if he gets capped now yeah he might get a fucking shot in a world cup warm-up game and get capped and that'll be the end of him johnny williams actually who's uh newcastle falcons center uh is also welsh qualified and irish qualified i believe um it just this whole thing feels like a kind of i'm surprised sam moore's not involved you know it's like <laughs> it's like every everyone that might be eligible for somebody else trying to hoover them into the system while they can um which, yeah, fair enough. That's their fucking prerogative, I suppose. But it does feel... It's got Eddie like, written all over it, hasn't it? It has got Eddie Jones being... I want you to fucking pick these players and only these fucking players. But some of these yeah. are Welsh, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> not a fucking... This is the fucking, this is the fucking point, mate. There's fucking players out there. The only answer to this problem, um, though, is, you know, the WIU are building that big hotel on Westgate Street. Yeah, yeah. I think they should What's sack that off and build a massive fucking public school Yes, that's so that the anybody thing, who's is, Welsh has to go yeah. to that pub when they get to, that's, that's it, the public call school. Call it something pretentious, <clears throat> like you know, and then yeah. see if see if you can hoover up as many oh, call, fucking young. Call it the Hadley Park or something. Yes, Hadley, Hadley Park School. Yeah, and uh, and, and everyone will be queued up to get in there, and you won't be going across yeah. the border and getting captured by scholarships, basically. Yes, but um, yeah, there are some genuine, you know, Ben Obano's, uh going to be fun. Uh, Alex Dombrandt's going to be fun. It's a good play, uh, Dombrandt, actually. Had a good Elliot season. Stoops going to be fun. But, I mean... Tamana Harris is not going to be fun, though, is he? No, of course he's not. <laughs> How the fucking hell is he? He's basically getting picked as the one person that knows what he's doing. The other Curry's been picked. Yeah. <laughs> Just to stop any yeah. arguments. Symp- a sympathy pick, yeah. Um, yeah, and to be honest with you, like, I think... Players like Piers O'Connor and Simon Hammersley and Joe Marchant, you know, they're really fucking good premiership players and they do deserve a bit of recognition for having a good season, even though they're absolutely not going to get anywhere near the Englands. On the flip side, they might play with, you know, absolutely no fear because the situation is, is that, they, like you said, they're not going to get an England cap. So therefore, they might as well just throw caution to the wind and go for it, mightn't they? And that might actually be a benefit rather than shitting yourself thinking if I have a bad game, I'm never going to get called up again because they know that's not going to happen anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely hope so. I hope Reese Webb scores a hat-trick and Richard Hibbard runs one in from 50 metres. But, you know, it, yeah, that, that team looks Yeah, so good. everything I've just said, forget it because they're going to get battered, by the way. <laughs> but who cares because it doesn't matter at a city. It doesn't matter. It's all very silly. The Quilter Internationals, sponsored by yes. an American Civil War woman's pastime. Basically, I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or, or you know, just another fucking private investment. Oh, you company. know, it's an investment company. Oh, yeah, That's, of course it is. You know, it, it's all that's ever interested in being associated with England rugby is O2, and for some reason, every single fucking private investment. It was QBE company. for us, the QBE. QBE. The uh, I always liked the uh, old mutual wealth that they had because it was just like the most are a few of sponsors Stuart Lancaster once called the Autumn International the, the QBEs. QBEs didn't he once I remember when we were at the uh, the shirt launch that year whatever it was like yeah it's really important building momentum into the QBEs and I very nearly stood up and walked out of that fucking press <laughs> conference like, you disgust me 
Ah. Uh, right. Uh, news. More news. Sean O'Brien's injured. Yes, out of the World Cup. I mean, it's shit, isn't it? Like, will he play again now? London Irish will be reviewing that contract fairly quick, sharp, I imagine. Yeah, you've got to wonder if that's gonna. I mean, it looks, but it's also, you know, for all the talk of Ireland's ridiculous depth in the back row, like it's starting to get like they're starting to put a bit of pressure on that now because that's mm. their first two sevens gone. Yes, luckily Van der Fleer is playing pretty well. But, uh, he is playing pretty well, but it's, it does put a lot of pressure on these guys that are coming through now to, to to be as good as they've been advertised. Well, CJ Stander played seven, didn't he, the other week? Yeah. <laughs> boom. Destroy. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Speaking of boom and destroy, there's new guidance on head high tackles and shiz yeah. come from World which, Rugby. Which they've conveniently put into the form of an incredibly... Byzantine flowchart. <laughs> I do like I'm a flowchart, but I can't. The speed up decision making. I, I can't wait till J- Yako Piper gets this out middle of the game. They're going to have to. There's one. There's like one, two, three, four, five. Six. There's like about seventeen different outcomes here. Well, there's five particular outcomes, but they all split off into like. Yeah. So there are three, two things basically: shoulder charge and high tackle. If you haven't seen this, have a look it up. It'll be easier. But just to just to for the sake of this discussion. They're basically trying to break up decisions into relating to a shoulder charge and relating to a high tackle. Which is sensible. Which is sensible. Too often the twain are confused. The definition of a shoulder charge is arm of the shoulder making contact with the ball carrier behind the tackler's body or tucked in sling position at contact. It's basically leading with the shoulder. Think Owen Farrell. Yeah. Think Owen Farrell not being penalised. Yes, yeah. Uh, and so, it, like, the option is is degree of danger. Well, basically, the two options are: was the head or neck contact? If it's a yes, it's yes, a red card. Red card instantly. If no, depending on the degree of danger thing, just seems to be incredible. Like it seems tailor made for Nigel Owens to let some players off. That's what I'm going to say. Degree of danger sounds like a new metal band. So. Yes. It seems tailor-made for a referee to decide to pussy out on making a big decision. Well, is, as, as is listener Reese not said, um, he, partic- he said, I particularly enjoy the asterisk underneath every decision, which largely renders everything above it completely irrelevant. Because yeah, there is so an the asterisk under every single decision, which simply yeah. says, see mitigating factors. And the mitigating factors are... Uh, and they must be clear and obvious and can only be applied to reduce a sanction by one level. So, um, basically, so if tackler makes definite attempt to change height in an effort to avoid ball carrier's head. That's incredibly subjective. Uh, ball carrier suddenly drops in height, i.e. from an earlier tackle, trips, falls, dives to score. So, basically... As in, like, he's, he's can... running off a platform, parkour style. Oh, the dive, drops the dives in to score. The dives to score part is pretty fucking... Like what? Mm. So if he dives over the line and you smash him in the head, that's a mitigating factor. Well, they're not yeah. saying it will. It will auto, It will always be a no. mitigating factor. But they're they saying a possible clear, one, aren't yeah. they? Uh, reactionary tackle, immediate release is an interesting one because that seems to cover absolutely anything you'd like it to. Now, reactionary tackle sounds like a new wave band. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Here with reactionary tackle with their new song mitigating factors. Uh, <laughs> That's absolutely bang on. Fair play. 
<laughs> and aggravating um, factors, which is another thing, sounds like what Degree of Danger would sing. Yes. With their new lead <laughs> single off the new album, here's De- Degree of Danger with aggravating factors. Aggravating factors. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the aggravating factors, basically, if you're in, if it's an open field tackle and you do this, and you had time to line him up, you are fucked. I love that, yeah. If you've basically come in with your arm windmilling. (laughs) Which is fair enough. But yeah, uh, to be honest with you, it seems needlessly complicated, Uh, but if anything that actually fucking gets these laws applied in a way that's sensible and consistent, please, for the love of fucking God, just let's try it. Because it's silly. Yeah. There's definitely a Nigel out factor in, in, in everything here. Yeah. So the shoulder charge, that's that. The high tackle breaks down a bit more. Basically, high contact. So it's high tackle. If there's a high tackle, the question is high contact by the tackler's arm is one route, one route you can go down or shoulder yeah. or head direct to the ball carries head and neck. If it's a shoulder yeah. or head to the ball goes head and neck, then it's, again, degree of Either, danger yeah, is asked. Red. There are no, that's the lowest. Yeah. Even if it's a... Even if it's a low danger, if you make contact with the head or neck, with your head or shoulder, it's a yellow yellow or a red. Yeah. If you make contact with the arm... Yeah. The arm, head or neck contact with the arm, if it's a yes, then it breaks again into direct or indirect. So indirect means it slips up. Effectively, if it's direct, if you contact the head with the arm and it's direct... It will. The minimum it will be will be a yellow card. Yeah. Because it'll have a low degree of danger. However, there is still the asterisk of C mitigating factors. Yeah. So every time it looks clear, you keep being referred I back saw to... mitigating factors in the whiskey in 1973. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> There's also uh... video signs indicating higher a, degree, a higher degree of danger they've got here. And it's, that's split into three areas. Preparation, contact, and follow-through. Yeah. Preparation I enjoy. Tackler it sounds like going to the toilet. To, well, Tackler draws arm back prior to contact. Sounds like a sort of cartoon-esque sort of yes. winding yeah, up. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah which so I'm that's into. in preparation. Tackler may leave the ground. <laughs> may. <laughs> so he's he may jumping in with his arm swinging, yeah. Arm swings forward prior to contact, yeah. The interesting one is the contact one. Tackler is attempting an active slash dominant tackle as opposed to a passive slash soak or pulling out of contact. I don't understand what any of those things mean. I know what that means. That's basically saying you're not allowed to do act... Well, if you're doing a dominant tackle, then you're putting yourself at risk of having a higher sanction because it's a higher degree okay. of danger. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, they've just worded that in a way that made no sense. I just thought they enjoyed the, the term soak tackle or passive tackle and pulling out of contact. Remember when these well, things I'd... used to always be called tackles? Remember that time? Wasn't yeah, that a wonderful just... time? Also, if you tackler's speed and or acceleration is high or if you've got a rigid arm like basically if you've got a stiff rigid arm or elbow making contact with the head you're fucked and if you're going like the clappers you're fucked this is going to be a significant because it's very very clear now saying and it's been interesting to see what how the the coaches deal with this now because it is basically Mm -hmm. saying if you do a dominant tackle and you get your shoulder or your arm in the wrong place you're, you're probably going to yeah. be red or yellow carded. Yeah. So you need to... Um, and do you or, know what? It's or, really actually, int- no. Actually, if, if you're doing a dominant tackle, the degree <clears throat> of danger is always going to be high, so you're more likely to get a red card. Yes. 
So it's the first time you've actually been, clearly articulated. You've actually clearly gone. You know these dominant tackles that everybody's getting are fucking so fucking frothy about at the moment might be effective, but they are undeniably also putting the ball carrier and the tackler at risk of physical mm. harm. So they're actually legislating for it. So. So Good effectively, on. the whole dominant tackle paradigm, and they, are, they have been very clearly saying they want a paradigm shift, but the, do, the dominant tackle approach, which has been... This season, they've just been mental about it. I think it, it's been they? the past five years they've really started focusing on it, but I think this is when they've started reporting on it this year, isn't it? That's yeah. giving stats on it. It's really interesting that that's happened this year, and within a year, they're saying, oh, well, if you try to do that, you are running a risk yeah. of... I'm not saying don't do it. They're just saying that if you do, and you end up clacking put... someone around the edge, you're probably going to be off. Well, I mean, this is, this sort of thing happened into this exact kind of reframing of the laws happened in two, pre two thousand eleven World Cup, didn't it? With the tip tackle, yes, you all know how that went. So it would be interesting to see if there is a moment in this World Cup where these exact guidelines come back to bite somebody on the arse, probably Wales. Let's will be it honest. make for better rugby? That's an interesting thing to consider, isn't it? And a lot of people always assume it will, don't they? Because and actually, if it, well, we can probably segue into the weekend on this, because if you look at the defences yeah. this weekend, mm. particularly by Saracens and Exeter, them not rushing up quite as quickly to try and smash people would create a significant amount of room. Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting point because like there is no the line speed that teams like Saracens and Exeter and Leicester and Leinster to an extent mm. capable of putting on attacks is mental you know it's unbelievably quick and it's unbelievably disciplined and it's unbelievably effective to be honest and you look at what they did to you know Saracens versus Gloucester was interesting for about 45 seconds I actually it, missed the first 10 minutes because I was... You missed the only bit that was interesting. Exactly, and I walked in. <laughs> yeah. Was it 15? I basically walked in and they were 18 points up or something, and I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because you know, yeah. you're kind of entertaining your brain. Oh, well, you never know. Gloucester, you know, they, they yeah. can spring, well, you know. And, and four minutes in, you know, they score that try, and you think, hello, Gloucester <laughs> might give them a game here. And then 45 seconds later, Saracens literally just go down the other end and go, yeah, score straight off the kickoff, and that was that. It wasn't dissimilar from Glasgow and Leinster either. I don't want to take anything away from Glasgow because they, they, they went going right until the end and they never capitulated in the way that Gloucester did. But Glasgow scored that first try and then they just handed a try back to Leinster after the kickoff. And that was, you know, you just can't. They're so relentless defensively. You have to take every opportunity that you're given and not give away any kind of loose because the way that Gloucester defended was fucking abysmal to be honest and imagine trying shattered. to like rally people to say look it's only 20 points lads we keep, we've got this and then just looking up at that Saracen's defence and going oh, <sighs> oh. yeah yeah and, uh, I mean they're just completely excellent aren't they Saracen's that's the really frustrating are. thing I mean it's well it's not if you're the fact <laughs> it just because you want and to be honest it's not because we've got we're documented as not liking them very much and kind of everything about them makes us make it feel a bit uncomfortable but actually just from a rugby point of view, you just—it was all just so fucking obvious that this is what was going to happen, and I think and that's, that's and it's just no fun, is it? That's, that's the thing. The story of this weekend was that, like, rugby by and large is ultimately about power. You know, 
this telling yeah. that you know the team that was and left it always has been know. i think i think there's, there's, there's rose-tinted you know hindsight about this stuff absolutely you know? but it feels like more like there's a definite <laughs> it feels like power is always beating skill these days you know it's like you just have so little time yeah this, you have this, this, so little time now there's no time for an attacking team against a good defense it was interesting actually because at a bit of a loose end i actually watched some rugby league on sunday because there was the magic weekend and i watched the magic weekend and i was watching uh amongst other things leeds versus london broncos and uh castlefords and it's like when you don't watch a lot of rugby league it's like that fucking having to get back 10 meters thing from every play the ball is it has a huge impact on how an attacking pattern can develop especially when players are that good you give it a player yeah. players that are that good you give them an extra sec two seconds which is what it is yeah. probably and that's all it takes because they're still up like fucking exocet missiles in that blitz but they are that was very 80s reference wasn't it, it was wasn't it yeah, I don't know where that came from. Tomahawk um, cruise missiles will be next. Yeah, go on. I like the more French kind of. Um, yeah, so it it was really interesting to me. Like just as you say, the Blitz was still incredibly fast. They were still up at them. In but it's that extra second or two seconds that you give a creative playmaker to do something to and to run an angle to run a set move, and there's just that doesn't exist in rugby union at the moment, and it's so much easier to be a team that like you know the teams that are head and shoulders above the rest in the prem this season are the two are not the ones that play the most exciting rugby because let's be honest gloucester play the best mm. rugby in the Premiership, or bristol with, or, something like that, yeah. or bristol or saints to be honest because mm. they they've become an absolutely brilliant fun team to watch with dan bigger at 10 who's brought that coming um <laughs> <laughs> but it's the teams that win and it was proved with glasgow against leinster as well if you can just be relentless and dominant and have forward power in spades for 80 minutes, you will beat the most fucking Harlem Globetrotters-y of team. It doesn't matter how sexy the rugby they play, you will just batter them in submission. And even Glasgow, you know, I don't want to sort of patronise Glasgow, but Glasgow made pro... Like that game on, on Saturday night showed that Glasgow have made real progress. Because yeah, I don't think it's patronising to say that. It takes when, look at look at Saracens how long it took them to progress yeah. into what they are now. But yeah, go on. You look like they rocked into the final with that reputation as like freeze like freeze flowing, free scoring entertainers. Mm. But it and that probably does their and while that does their kind of their pack a bit of a disservice because their their pack are really dynamic and exciting and very good. They're not a Saracens or an extra, but a few months back they got absolutely mullered by Saracens in the Champions Cup. They lost the festive derbies to Edinburgh. Uh, Peter Horn actually said it after the game. You know, they were a bit flash. They were a bit soft. Mm. And yeah, they were be- they were second best on Saturday night, and their halfbacks never really got to grips with the game. But until probably the last ten, for like physicality wise, they were given as good as they got, and they withstood Leinster's like physical onslaughts. Like they didn't get bullied. And that's progress for them. That's, you know, not many teams are capable of doing that. It's probably only really like a handful of teams in Europe that can kind of withstand Leinster for that length of time. And that's kind of the problem with it, though. It's like Leinster were very fucking meh 
on Saturday. Like, it was a good game. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a good that, game. Yeah, that was not a vintage Leinster performance. They just did. They've exactly not been putting them they... in for a little while no, now, but they've just got enough. They've they, got enough. Like you said, enough power got, and enough quality yeah, about them to get there. The power game just beats the finesse game every time, and it's quite sad, really, that that's what rugby. I don't mind power winning. A lot of the time, but then I'd like also power to be able to be undone by guile. Mm. But it feels like rugby is kind of loaded in a way that kind of makes that hard at the moment, particularly against the very best teams. Like fuck me, like one thing: World Rugby's looking at high tackles, right? Why the hell are they not looking at pre-binding ball carriers, man? Mm. The last ten minutes of that. What Leinster did at the end of the game when they were closing it out. It was impressive. Yes. It was very disciplined, but it's silly now because when you're letting two players be in contact with the ball carrier before he even receives the ball and then just allow them to go straight off their feet and seal off the contact area as soon as they're tackled because they're being classed as Wasn't part that the of the old tackle. flying wedge. Yeah. And there's no, there's no just law for that anyway. And it's just allowed now because they were—they literally sealed off every single fuck. There were times when there were three or four Glasgow players over the ball, but because they'd had two men pre-binded on it, the ball was never going to even see the light of day. And that's just like, uh, before we even get into the safety aspect, which I think I've had a moan about before, but like, that's like, it's not in the spirit of the game. Like it doesn't like there's no fair contest for that ball. There's no chance for Glasgow to see that game out. You know, in the same way that World Rugby stopped players, you know, made the put the five second clock on rocks to kind of stop that hideous end of game mm. fucking leave the ball at the back of the ruck for thirty seconds and then do something kind of mind thing. Like they've got to get a look at this because it's just it's not the game of rugby. Men are going off their feet at every single fucking ruck and you're allowing it because you're classing them as part of the original tackle, which is just silly. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. No. But yeah, it's another thing where that power and that physicality just wins because you can't do anything about it. It's, it, is a, it is a little bit stacked now, isn't it? In, in mm. the other direction. The, um, I mean, if you look at the Exeter game, I mean, they just... I, I, hadn't, kind of, I hadn't kind of clocked until halfway through that game, I was like, oh yeah, they played this fucking game last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the score was virtually the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it just shows over the last two weeks, Saracens are 40 minutes worse than Exeter. They're <laughs> yes. capable of making it a game until half time. And then after that, it's just, you know, it's the same with it was, you know, they, they, everybody else cannot keep that level up of just relentless physicality and f- just, Bastardry. Yeah. Saracens and Exeter just batter their latest victims is the story <laughs> of, of, of the, the semi-final. Hey, Chris yeah. Boyd's shabby was something to behold, though. Honestly, It's yeah. a semi-final this weekend. Take it all off. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't, genuinely didn't recognise him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's Chris Boyd. Yeah. Yeah. Looks younger with a shabby. Yeah. Looks like a younger man with with his shabby I mean, come off weirdly. It does. I mean, it's sort of. I, I'm I'm loath for somebody of his age and nationality getting a a pseudo trendy haircut. But I guess he thought when in Exeter, you know. Well. Or maybe he didn't want that. He just went to a barber's in Exeter. <laughs> well, I've got a got an hour to kill boys. I'm gonna go get my haircut. And he comes out and goes, "What the fuck? What the hell have you done to my hair?" <laughs> 
He just said the usual, sir, and I just nodded and thought, yeah. <laughs> you, you involved with the rugby team? Are you, are you involved with the rugby team, are you, sir? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what haircut you want, yeah. Speaking of, of, of no hair or shavvies, fucking hell, I'll tell you what, I haven't, I haven't paid that much attention to Matt Kvezik for a while. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's a hard, hard bastard, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. <laughs> the fact he looks a little bit like an English Bull Terrier as well makes him look even it's, harder. It's interesting but... that, like, he was kind of England's, you know, ball-playing, razzle-dazzle fucking... Yeah. Seven a couple of years ago. And now he's just a fucking horrible bastard. Yeah. Rob Baxter fucking... sorted that out. <laughs> yeah, sorted that right. He's like, get your fucking hair cut. <laughs> only, only our front rowers and our outside backs have long hair. Thank you very much. <laughs> until, until you've played as many games as Dave Ewers, you're not allowed to have anything other than the words. Well, no haircut. Let's be honest. Yeah, and, and none of that comb over in or feathering to cover that no, egg that's you coming. Will that, you will shave yeah. that fucking thing. You will grow a beard, and you will be a bastard. <laughs> you knew when we signed you. This is what was happening. So. <laughs> get with the program and his body his whole body type looks different now like he is both just up yeah he seems stronger and nastier is the best way I could, yeah. like you just said it is. yeah but um oh i'll tell you what i mean i think exes would have won anyway but what what was that fucking hands like feet dicks for fingers from cobra's reinach all about i mean i was gonna have him in my shit but it's yeah. like of all the players that saints would have wanted yeah to get that ball. There's been all his times with best scrum half in the world and all that. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. And then just like, <laughs> I mean, it's the sort of thing that like genuinely haunts. And I feel, you know, it's unrelated. But did you read that interview with, um, oh, fucking hell, his name is Tom James. Um, no, about his mental health recovery and stuff. No, yeah. I'm ready yet, no. It's really good because he's saying a lot of things that he absolutely, you know, the rugby players absolutely need to say. But the thing, basically, he basically said that like he was absolutely fine and mentally sound and like didn't have any mental health problems until he missed that fucking penalty in the Heineken Cup semi-final in the penalty shootout at the end, and it basically just haunted him, him forever. Yeah, and haunted him and threw him into like a suicidal depression. That he, it took him years to get out of, and you just think like it's easy for us to kind of go, you fucking, it, like he's yes. gonna fucking regret that one. Yeah, but history's like, shown I, it's very easy for us to do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and, and it is, and it is easy for us to be flippant about it. And Kobus Ronex a pro. I'm sure that he will just be, you know, I hope that he's just Walter Offerduck's back, and he's like, fuck, I fucked that up. But you know, on on average, I played very well this season, and I, we still would have lost that game anyway. It doesn't matter. But right. it's like those sort of ones that fucking stay with you, I can imagine, just knowing that that was a... I could have scored that. I always know it's bad there. when I have an involuntary physical reaction to what I've just seen. <laughs> you know, you kind of throw your arms up in the air. Yeah. I always watch... I, I, it's like... It's, it's the hands in the air and the sort of... You're looking yeah. around for somebody to be angry with and shocked <laughs> with and confused by. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anything else on the I, weekend? Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd ever understand what Eddie Jones has against Davey was. Like, has he been? How long has he been back from injury? Because he did have a bit of injury for a while, didn't he? Yeah, but he's never got a cap. He has been in squads though. He's been <laughs> he's named been in, in squads. squads yeah, 
Yeah, it's like, with the greatest respect to Mark, Mark Wilson, every time I watch Dave Ewers, I just think, fucking hell, you are horrible. Yeah, and, and much quicker than his size would suggest he should he's, be. Yeah, he's six foot four, he's 18 stone, he carries like he's made of fucking razor blades. And he's got an arse like a suitcase, you've seen it, it's massive, yes. absolutely yeah, massive arse. Not sure what that has to say about anything, but I'm always quite no. impressed. But he's 28 years, he's younger than Mark Wilson, he hits ball carriers like they fucking stole something. I just don't get it, like, I would pick him tomorrow. He looks everything that I, he looks like a perfect Eddie Jones 6. Is it the hair? <laughs> no, it's the fact that he plays for Exeter in the back row. Those people can't be trusted. Because <laughs> Sam Simmons was flirting quite quickly after trying, wasn't he? Yes. Don Armand's yeah. got no chance. None whatsoever. I mean, to be fair, that is about the hair with Don Armand. To be, you know, with Dave Ewers, it's just his hair just confuses me because it looks like it's been sprayed onto his head. But <laughs> it looks like. Do you remember the old Play-Doh barbers? Absolutely. That's yeah. it looks like it's been moulded to his head in yeah. one of them. In one of them, it's like a shampoo and set that like me, me nan used to get. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah, it's like he's taken a shower and he hasn't washed the shampoo out. <laughs> just kind yeah. of. Just and then he's wrapped it in a towel. Then he's just taken yeah. a towel off. That's the shape it is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, oh, one more thing. You know, Leinster really had a fucking point to prove on the weekend, didn't they? Hmm. Like. For the last 18 months, Leinster and Ireland have been like excellent to put in squeeze on teams using physicality then and like choking the life out of games. Then it all went tits up in the Six Nations and then it all went tits up two weeks ago at St. James's Park. And so they basically decided that Saturday was going to be just claustrophobically, horribly cloying finals rugby and that. Still a decent yeah, game, though. That was still a better game than the other. It was entertaining. Well, the, fir- the first yeah. half of... It was tight. first half of extra to Gloucester was very entertaining, and then it all just yeah. fell over. But, yeah. you know, in a way, Saracens was just just awful yeah. to watch, it's quite frankly. Just do. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you saw that, like, Glasgow got a real self-belief from that Grant Stewart try. Mm. And then the way that Leinster just went, right, boys, let's let's squeeze that out, shall we? And just spent the next five minutes just just sucking the life out of a team that genuinely believed it could yeah. win for a couple of minutes in a, in a lawfully in a lawful but shit house way yeah <laughs> even so exactly. yeah that's what the very they won't care they won't care a jot though will they so no not at all i just said care a jot i don't like myself anymore i don't know where that, i don't even know where that even came from i apologize to all the listeners and to you josh the unmissable sky black friday sale has arrived Get SkyQ with the TV you love all in one place. And lightning fast broadband with our best ever Wi-Fi all around your home. Plus, choose from Sky Sports or Sky Cinema. All for just €60 a month for 12 months with no setup fees. Don't miss out this Black Friday. Just search Sky Black Friday. New customers only. Availability subject to location. Minimum terms and further terms apply. For more info, see sky.ie slash speeds. Offer ends December 9th. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes. So don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security. And together, this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin.
Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Right, is, is that it from the weekend? I think it is, yeah. Shall we do? Well, obviously it isn't because we're going to do shit good, haven't we? No, before we get to that, mm. I don't know if you've heard, Yes. but Will Skelton's progress and weight loss has often been yeah. mentioned as a perfect representation of what Saris do. One or two times this has been mentioned. You know, it's definitely not been mentioned every fucking week for the past six months. Oh, by every time is every time his fucking massive head comes on the screen. Um, <laughs> so basically, they're saying that he's a perfect representation of what Saris do. In that, he's he's lost weight and he's had a significant amount of his humanity removed. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, that's um, so I, was, I got me to thinking which other players, in some way, sum up what their clubs are all about. They're the kind of okay. epitome of what the okay. club is all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You got me thinking. So here's a few. Listeners, you join in if, if there's a few that you think are better or because I've not done all of them, but here's a few. Gloucester. Yeah. Uh, Jason Woodward. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah. Brilliant <laughs> look brilliant right up to the point when they frequently don't look brilliant. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was yeah, Gloucester. I would say like, so say like the the Ospreys, like Ollie Cracknell is like right, the most yes. Ospreys player in that he works incredibly hard. He's incre- you know, he's as honest as the day is long. He's not quite good enough. He's there and to cover the international windows when yeah, you, when three quarters of your squad disappear. Yeah, yeah, and he is basically just he's never going to play international rugby and he's just got absolutely zero razzle dazzle about him whatsoever. He's just like Workmanlike in the extreme. Uh, Northampton, Courtney yeah. Laws, effective but ultimately a bit gormless. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah, looks rubbish on tele adverts. Well, like yeah, those try gifts from fucking tool station, though, is that they do? <laughs> yes. Uh, who else can we get? I mean, I've got one for sale. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. AJ McGinty. Right. Because for all the world, he looks like he should consistently make you better. Yeah. And somehow you don't get consistently better. See also no. Faf de Klerk, Denny Solomona, Chris Ashton, the list could go on. But there's something about the people at Sale Sign never consistently making them better. Although they're a Champions Cup team now, it seems. Apparently so, yeah. Despite finishing I mean, fucking, what do they finish? Ninth 17th. or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, therein lies the silliness of the Champions Cup, doesn't it? Um, yeah. some of us, I think for Glasgow, like somebody like Nick Griggs, a good one because it's like you love watching him play. He sort of overachieves much more than he should do, <laughs> yes. and yet ultimately, you know that he's going to be slightly outclassed when the big lads yeah. come. Ultimately, around. There's, he's got a rick in him, as they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what have I got? Bath, Freddie yes. Burns. Oh. Very Absolutely. high profile that's too often matched with a low forehead. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, um, Bristol, just any of their Polynesian <laughs> lads because yeah. Pat Lamb desperately wishes because he was party, still party, 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 party. Yeah. Uh, Leicester Tigers, Kyle yeah. Eastmond. Because absolutely no fucker knows why you were signed or what he's actually for. <laughs> That's incredibly accurate. Uh, Any more? Last couple. Yeah. Quinns, Jack Clifford, because he could have been a contender, but he wasn't. 
Yeah, very uh, good. Worcester, finally, I'll finish with Worcester, who I think are completely embodied by Chris Pennell. Yes. Who will be there is. forever, bumping along like an empty Costa Cup in the footwell of a Vauxhall Corsa. <laughs> Which kind of sums up Worcester for me, really. Yeah, no, that's exactly it, isn't it? So there you go, listeners. That was my stab at yeah, So you please tell me if I would probably tell me how dare you say that about X yes. player and our club. But um, feel free to suggest your own. Thank you very much. What have we got that's shit good for this weekend? What are we doing first, Josh? Uh, should we do shit? Because I feel like we've covered quite a few of my shits anyway. But uh, okie doke. Yeah, uh, Nige is my first shit. <laughs> a few people on the I'm Twitter fair. came up with Nige. Yeah. I'm bored of talking about him ballsing up big moments now, but like that Rob Carney not getting a red card, uh, I don't know if it would change the result, as he'd only missed another five minutes, but I mean, you can't say it wouldn't have either. It was just such an obvious red. Like, every, the letter of the law says it red, and yet Nige once again finds a reason to... It's like we were saying about the mitigating factors hmm. thing earlier. He's found a reason to bring it down to a yellow... Like he used to be a good ref because he had empathy with players and for the game, yes, but now, yeah. but now he's a bad ref because he's <laughs> got too much empathy for players and he doesn't want to like spoil a game. And it's like, do your fucking job, mate. Don't worry about that. It's their fault, not yours. There's obviously another clause, isn't there? At the end of the rugby rule book. Remember the except for Rabbi Slamani clause yes there's there now is. the except for nigel owens decision making yeah unless nigel decides different unless nigel decides yeah. different yes yeah. uh what have i got the shit leinster fans moaning about kicks being booed at celtic park oh get it which is bad enough man. in itself and then to put the fucking top hat on it rugby pass actually writing a news story out of leinster fans tweeting and moaning about it's like a, it's like, it's just like a total double whammy of bollocks that should all just stop. Basically. Eventually, silliness will eat itself, and basically, stop moaning about the kicker being booed, and also stop invoking rugby's moral bollocks every time you say, "Oh yes, but we're a different game." You know, until twenty years ago, we were trying to pull each other's eyeballs out. <laughs> so stop saying that it was a respectful game because it, because in many ways, it completely and utterly wasn't. Of course it was. All right, we shook hands at the end of it, but yeah, it's what if you couldn't see where the hand was because one of your eyeballs was swinging by the fucking optic nerve? <laughs> oh, mm. uh, I'm getting worn it's out. Funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny when you get on that particular horse because usually it's me getting angry <laughs> at rugby's absolute fucking fart sniffing self satisfaction. Oh. That stuff just does, and uh, as if they, they fucking care anyway. They've got a, they've got an absolute pissed. process that they follow, and they can just kick the ball. And everybody's booed at some point anyway. Just fucking leave it alone. If you can't handle being booed, don't be a professional <laughs> athlete, Finn. <sighs> right, I, I'm uh, tired now. Have you got one? I need a yeah, minute. Um, Fraser Brown. Like, well, obviously. Uh, I wish him a speedy recovery and I wouldn't wish anyone getting injured. Uh, he's very lucky to still be on the field when he got hurt, wasn't he? <laughs> he was, not he? Yeah. Like that. He was over the edge while he was on, to be honest. Um, <laughs> not least that fucking reckless and totally unnecessary, absolutely smashing Luke McGrath without the ball thing, which was, I mean, it was, it was entertaining from a, watching <laughs> a giant man ragdoll a, 
otherwise entirely unaware scrum off but it was also definitely at least a yellow card if not a red so yeah a speedy recovery to yes. all that however you know have a, a, have a minute before yeah <laughs> whatever got that shit on the twitter johnny mcginty friend of the pod johnny mcginty who came to cardiff and, and we met him there says getting he, he says shit is paul williams getting three of his predictions right for the first time ever probably when I was heavily emotionally invested in two of the teams he thought would lose. Tried to get Paul on. He's not been on for a while because we record on Monday and what, now the tennis season starts, that's when he plays tennis. Yeah, I Or at least that's what he says. He's probably just had enough of us. But um, There is probably that, yeah. I mean, he's just... He's, yeah. he's realised what we really are. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what else we got? Hannah Blund gets in touch. She said, shit. She says, shit is the organisation of the Pro 14 final at Celtic Park. One bar inside the fan zone, which was queued right up to the back where the toilets were. No, you don't want that, do you? My dad and his mate queued for 45 minutes for seven drinks at one of the inside bars as well. Worst game day experience I've ever had. Wow. And you lost, I mean, Hannah. I know you're a Glasgow fan, so God bless you. It's not, it wasn't a great day, was it? Is it because they're not yeah. set up to serve booze correctly because in football you, you can't really do it, can you? Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. Yeah, you can't take beer within sight of the pitch at the football, so no. maybe that's why it's a shambles. You got any more shit? Uh, well, we've already talked about Jason Woodward. Uh, I love watching him play with ball in hand, but and he wasn't the only architect of Gloucester's defensive fucking calamity. But dear me, he really did not cover himself in glory. Did no, he? he had about a good ten minutes. What we're going to miss this year because the World Cup's on in October and November is is um, that thing leading up to the Autumn Internationals where if anybody has a good 10 minutes in September, they should be in the international team. Pick him, pick him. That's my um, favourite yeah, bit you. about the September. Everyone just goes, so Jason Woodward does a couple of decent steps. Go, oh, he should definitely be starting for England. I mean, I thought he was brilliant for Gloucester last season. I thought he should have gone on tour with England in the South Africa. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, this season, he seems to have forgotten how to defend. Because the World Cup will already be, squad will already be named, you see. There'll be none of that daftness going on, will there? Yeah, none of that shit. He's, he's not getting anywhere near it. Uh, what else have we got at shit then? Pete Cresswell gets in touch on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. He says shit is Phil Kearns. Yeah. Now, now, I could have just left it at that, but you've actually given a reason. <laughs> I, was, well, shit yeah, I, was, I was wondering if you are going to carry yeah, on. Yeah, shit is Phil Kearns for calling Los Haguares to be culled from Super Rugby for being too good for the Waratahs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what he was really saying, but I know what you mean. He said, however, Pete's as good as the fact that the Haguaras have topped the African Conference. Yeah. It's, They've also got it's the only support. acceptable tri-gift. No, sorry, one of the only, I think there's probably three acceptable tri-gifts. And yeah, Haguara, There's Ken Owens yeah. walking in and just walking back out again. Yeah, absolutely the best. What's one. the other one that I like? Can't remember, but then there's obviously Haguardo. Yeah. Dancing when there's a try and then dusting off his shoulders. That's acceptable. I mean, <laughs> I can't put into words quite how much I loved watching Haguardo just knock the dirt off his shoulder. That was <laughs> glorious. But... He's just a wonderful, wonderful mascot. He's everything that He's we want. He's the best mascot. He's the best mascot. And it's the fact they've yeah, got different it's... outfits for him. I don't think enough clubs have thought that through. It's the fact that he's got like surf outfit. He sometimes yeah. wears a beret. He's just, he's just, this is what other clubs understand. have missed, you see, that this interchangeable sort of like Barbie yeah, doll style got, outfits, yeah. Remember when he dressed, like, he wore that sort of weird, like, I think it must have been, 
Oh, it was when they went to Japan, or and when they were playing the Sun Wolves, and he sort of dressed up in traditional Japanese garb, <laughs> and then chased one of those dra- chased one of those dragons around, <laughs> which was weird. <laughs> He's just magnificent. I know he's not real, but he, he is to me. So that's the <laughs> he end of is it. Real, he's real to me. I also love that he's just a, a nightmare as well. That's, Clearly, he's a nightmare. In the same way that Jackson Deville, the Jaguars mascot, <laughs> got banned. I can see Jaguardo getting banned at some point. The um, that saying that he's real to me reminded me of a story when I was playing rugby league at, at uni. We had mm. a guy who was a bouncer at weekends in Wakefield, whose name was Michael, but became known as Dangerous Mick. Good. Because he was always talking about how he battered people at the weekend <clears throat> in his Mix. in his job. And I was talk, I was a Who fan, and I was talking about I was talking to somebody about Pete Townsend. And he went, "Did you just?" He said, "Did you just mention Pete Townsend?" Then I said, "Yeah." <laughs> he said, "Why?" Uh, I, he said, "How would you know him?" I said, "Well, he's a." He's the lead singer. Quite in, famous, he's, mate. He's, yeah. he's, he's like a songwriter and one of the best guitarists ever in the Who. He went, oh, oh, no, I was working on the door the weekend and there was some lad called Pete Townsend in and, uh, you know, caused a bit of bother like. So I fucking bounced him off all the walls and he went out. And I said, I said, no, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the Pete Townsend. And he looked me dead in the eye and he went, he is the Pete Townsend to me. <laughs> Dangerous, mate. He was amazing. Did he spell it with a H? That's well, who knows? Yeah. But it doesn't matter in mixed yeah. world. No, no, the other no. pizza, the, the guitar man didn't exist. It was only the guy who yeah. launched that at the club. <laughs> um, sorry, diversion. Where are we up to? Mm-hmm. Bruce McConaughey gets in touch. He said, shit, his Irish players trying to kill Stuart Hogg all the time. He's probably moving to Exeter to avoid getting killed by them. <laughs> yes, it's probably true, isn't it? I mean, one of the best ways to ensure that you're not... You know, protected from these things is to join the one of the two biggest teams of bastards in England. <laughs> Get protected by David. At least then job. you've only got twice a season to play Saracens. Yes. And then generally you all right. Get protected by Dave was his giant ass. <laughs> Toby Baker gets in touch. He said, shit, we mentioned a bit like this before, but yeah, I agree, Toby. He said, shit was how predictable the season was. Finals for the Premiership yeah. and the four to, Pro 14 and the Champions Cup were what everybody expected right back in September. Yes, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, Glasgow may be a, a bit of a surprise, but not really. Yeah, be a little uh, bit, yeah. But I suppose then you just, I think everyone knew the way the result. And no, I think I think I called Glasgow by five on the Scottish Rugby. Sorry, I realised yeah. what I did. I went on the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast last week and said Glasgow <sighs> by five. Fucking hell, I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. You fucked it. Between me and um, Paul Williams, what chance have you got? Indeed. Um, I don't know if it's shit or good, so it's probably a good, like, breaching uh, sort of thing. But did you see that try that Wales 7 scored against Japan? No, somebody uh, referred to this on, on Twitter. Where Luke Trahan, is if the ball's gone dead, Wales are 12-0 up. Luke Trahan attempts to, at the back of a ruck, just basically shoo it off the feet. He's literally five metres away from the touchline, if that. And he attempts mm. to just kick it out for half-time. But what actually happens is he sort of kicks his own ankle as he's doing it and so ends Brilliant. up booting it about 20 yards behind himself. And so, <laughs> like... which put. And I'm trying to visualise how that would happen, but go on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I'll send it to you via the, the wonderful medium of the internet right now so you can watch it. But, like, there... The fact that it then turns into a really good try for Wales 
which doesn't happen very often in the sevens, is hilarious because it it shouldn't have happened. It absolutely, under no circumstances, should have should have happened. And it entirely comes because Lutrahan has an absolute fucking nightmare and puts in probably the worst kick that he's ever done. That goes. It's the it's the way that it goes behind him quite so much. It's not just like he spoons it off the outside of his boot and it goes a bit behind him. It literally, it's like me playing golf. The ball <laughs> basically goes 30 yards in to the left of where he thinks it's going to be. And right, then, I've, I've got it on now. So he goes... <laughs> oh, I see. He's not trying to kick it for he's just going to kick it into touch and it goes behind yeah. him. Right. And then he... <laughs> And then we'll pick it up and go. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone on the commentator are just pissing themselves. Because <laughs> like, how has this happened? How has this happened? Uh, that's glorious. Is, we don't know. Yeah, he turned to kick it sort of behind him on a diagonal out for half time, hadn't he? Yeah. But managed to span it back to his own fullback, fun. basically. Yeah. yeah. Glorious stuff. Glorious uh, stuff. So good. A uh, couple more shits. Yeah. Dave Price gets in touch. He says... Shit was that the Pro 14 final wasn't on TV in the USA, but the semi-final was. He said, he said, I know this is a pretty niche tweet, but since that's basically your brand, I went with it anyway. Oh, you're right, Dave. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right to do Absolutely. that as well. Yeah. Oh, well, you must be... Does Rugby Pass not, op- not operate in, in the US? I think, well, Pro 14 is available on television and, and rugby is on the various sports networks. But given how, like, in my experience of watching the fucking Six Nations in America, which... They play it as they, live, don't they? But not live. Yeah, they play it as live, but not live. So they, even though... So they had Premier League football on until literally five minutes before England Island started and then they showed the entirety of Scotland, Italy, which had happened two hours previously. <laughs> <laughs> and then they showed England Island That's... rather than showing England Island live and then showing Scotland. Amazing. Final shit was... Unbelievably stupid. So we can't help you, Dave. What are no, you going to do? It's... This is probably part of making America great again in some way. I don't know how, though. <laughs> probably is, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Mackay1402 gets in touch. Final shit. He says, shit, was Rob Carney not getting a red card? Yes. Yeah, agreed. Silliness. What have we got that's good? Um, Luke McGrath. As shit as he was two weeks ago in the Champions Cup final, mm. he was very, very good. Talented like lad, I think, that, yeah. If he'd have been this good two weeks ago, like, maybe no, it wouldn't no, have don't, got... Don't, I mean, don't go down that road. I'm not going to go... Well, it's erroneous. Like, he looked about ten times better than he has at any point this season. His tactical kicking was excellent. He was genuinely credit where it's due... I fucking laid into him like nobody's business after the Champions Cup final. He deserves a bit of credit when it goes right for him. So fair Don't play. ever say we don't have balance on this podcast. Absolutely. Good, I've got Joe Simmons. Yeah, very good. Very, I mean, I know, you know, it is what it is, but actually that first, that try he scored was the kind of, even though it was relatively early-ish in the second half, I think, was the kind of final nail in Saints' Where's hope, that? really. Why is he being not being called into the England squad? <laughs> and Callum Sheedy is. It's almost like they've got another agenda here, isn't it? It's they want to get him around, like... get him around the England environment, Josh. Get him to see what it's like at, at mm. Penny Hill Park and all that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, also very good from that game, uh, Tom O'Flaherty, who isn't Irish somehow. Um, he massively, ma- magnificently bend though, didn't he? 
He did. Well, he was he was good and bad, but I think he emerged just about in credit after he's, scoring he's pretty, an absolutely pretty, fucking worldy. He had a brilliant sort of road runner running for that try, didn't he? It was great. It wasn't even it. really like a sidestep. He literally changed <laughs> no, direction, he did, didn't he? He did that. He weaved. It was like watching somebody play in Jonah Lomu rugby. He was exactly it was like, like that, yeah. He doesn't know how to use the sidestep, so they're just kind of... <laughs> but yeah, he was... It was a properly a direct right turn rather than a sidestep, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? There was no lateral movement there. It was just... Yeah, but he was mainly playing for Bridgend last season and not getting games for the Ospreys outside the Anglo-Welsh Cup. Is he Welsh? No, he's English. Right. But he uh, he came to Cardiff for uni oh, and then okay. ended up playing for Bridgend and then ended up being in the Osprey system for a while. Um, yeah, it's both a real indictment of Welsh rugby's ability to hold on to these squad players that could be really useful and, both, and his ability to step up and take his chances, to be fair to him, because... I don't think many people would have had him start in a fucking premiership semi-final at the start of the season or indeed a couple of weeks ago. Where's Ollie Woodburn? He's dis- he was he was dropped for like I think he's he's coming back from injury I think right. I'm not sure about that but he was dropped he's he's a it was a healthy scratch for O'Flaherty which hmm. says a lot. I mean I fair. mean I mean Ollie Woodburn's success was always a complete mystery. Absolutely, in many ways. But you can't have Ollie Woodburn and Alex Cuthbert on the field at the same time because that's just <laughs> too much galloping. He's had a decent off. season, Alex Cuthbert, right? So I'm, I don't want to. Yeah. But did you see when he had a bit of open pasture to run into? I know. In that game, it looked. <laughs> I think it looks like his legs were made from Rice Krispies and lead, basically, as he kind of went to move forward. He's got a lot of strapping on as well, hasn't he? Bless him. But defensively, he was very solid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Big, no, he's had a good important tackles. He's yeah, had and he's good... had a good season. I'm not. Yeah, it but was it's just... just like yeah, he's on big money there, and I don't think they're quite getting the value for it as yet. What have I got that's good? Alex Goods stepping two people in his own in goal area. That was very good, wasn't it? You know what he's saying. You know, and I remember this. Probably people listening or don't know the same. I wasn't a great rugby player, as, as I've said many times, and will continue to say. But when things are going for you and your kind of tails up. You do, you know, you, you run a bit, easy, you know, a bit, you? there's a bit more pay, you run a bit more weight and all that kind of stuff. Whereas actually, he just obviously just believes that anything he touches turns to fucking gold now. So he just, this is just what he does. So he steps two yeah. people in his own in goal area completely, like what it, it looks like. like he's, it feels like he's got quicker. Um, Which is weird. Which is not right, obviously, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I think he's just, he's, I know that extra 10 yards in the head thing or whatever, but I do mm. think as his experience grows, he's just, he was already very good positionally and knew where, how to play. I think that's just getting better. So he looks like he's kind of quicker, which is, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does a little bit actually. Yeah, maybe it's that. But I mean, we didn't talk last week about his epic three day on the piss in his kit. No. Which I've never ever seen before. That? I've literally, I don't Brilliant. know if anybody out there has ever seen that before because I've never, even in like amateur rugby, I've never known anybody. I had a mate I played with at uni who didn't bother having a shower and just threw his jeans on and like a, a training top on and went out until I had mud in his ears mm. and stuff. And he was mm. and he was out like that for about two days. That's the nearest thing I've come to, to, to see. I've never it's ever true. known anybody who directly goes out still in their kit. With the fucking gum shield still in, tucked into the <laughs> For socks. For three days. Three fucking days. I like, want to know the point at which, because there would have been a point at which he decided, I'm staying out in this now. This is, Yeah, because there's a moment where this stops being fun. 
and he's just like, I'm doing this because I'm just bloody minded about yes, this. Yes, and, and I have to keep going with this to keep the Instagram yeah, going. I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this. Because he's obviously slept in it and stuff, and then you think, this is stinking. I've been in this for God knows how long. It's nylon. It's not going to be pleasant, is it? No. For all of Nike's talk about breathable fucking, <laughs> that's not going to be nice to be in. But as Alex from Rugby Pass said, I think he, he said, you know, it, it was confirmation that he is the people's fullback. <laughs> it absolutely is. Even though he plays for Saracens. Yes, well, aside from that. But it was a wonderful to... he, he stepped one and then went round another one and off he went. And it, it looked was like glorious. it would look like to all the all the all the world that they were gonna get trapped in there, but they always find a way out, don't they? They're bastards. But um When it's your day, it's your fucking day, you know. Yeah. What else have we got that's good? Uh, Fergal Carney gets in touch. He said, good was Gary Ringrose's try-saving t- tackle at the start it of was. Pro 14. It He's rapid. Good. He is rapid, Absolutely. isn't he? Any more good um, from I you? I also thought Kean Healy was very, very good. Yeah, again. Uh, Alistair Five said that as well. Good was Kean Healy 2.0. Yeah, it's interesting. Since we, he's been rebuilt. When it seems like yeah. he was done a couple of years ago. And then when you look at all the players at the IRF, you are happy to put out a pasture now. Sean O'Brien, Rob Carney, like they're re-signing Keen Healy though. And Robo, so. Robo Healy. Yeah. No, he's he's everything you want from a loose head now. Dan Elkin gets in touch. He said, good is the Fiji supporters at the London Sevens. I can't believe how much noise one corner of a stadium can make. He said, also good was the Fiji team holding the ball boy in the air before the final instead of just the ball. <laughs> yeah I mean it's bags of fun isn't it London 7s eh I don't watch 7s I don't mind uh, it when I, I do watch it I just I just I just don't I've watched a lot less of it this year because it was about the only rugby that Sky had last year and now they don't got Sky anymore I'm sort of like yeah but it's it's fun when you know things like whales being silly happen <laughs> but Maybe. Yeah, I enjoy it when I watch it. It's just I never, I yeah. never sit down to watch it. It's not appointment viewing, is it? No, it's not. No, mm. and also the thing is, if anything interesting happens, it's on Twitter within two seconds of it happening. Yeah. So I see it there. I think that might be the problem with uh, Ben Ryan's new five aside thing as well. Rugby X that should be called mm-hmm. Rugby V. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely should be. Um, anything that happens is going to be like. On Twitter within five minutes, and nothing else about the game is really good. That's had more promotion than the World Rugby Sevens in the past ten years, I think. That Rugby X thing. Yeah, who's bankrolling it? Do we know? Sky. Is it Sky? Lately, yeah. Sky desperately trying to get something rugby related involved. Last good for me is we've got Fraser McVean who gets in touch on Twitter, and he says, "Good is Rory Hutchinson's filthy juggle offload for Saints." Him generally, actually, he just conti- continues yeah, to be good. excellent. But yeah, that that juggle the ball across two hands and then throw it out the back door was uh, quite magnificent. Very good. It would also uh, be rather remiss uh, of me if I didn't uh, once again draw attention to Grant Stewart's sliding look to the camera, uh, followed by nonchalantly flipping the ball out of the back of his hand while he scored that try <laughs> for Glasgow at the end. It was just... It was magnificent, like to have the presence of mind to look directly down the camera as you're sliding over the line with, you know, knees yes. first was just, I, it was the best part of that whole game for me, to be brutally honest. That's what the, the classic Peter O'Malley sliding on his ass, pumping fist towards the camera, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely yeah. amazing. But, but much more nonchalant, especially because yes. flicking the ball out at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. More hookers doing that, please. Um 
just before we go, a late good entry from from Bruce McConaughey. He says uh, he sent me a picture of the time Scotland have had have written a piece about Stuart Hogg saying Stuart Hogg wanted that. So the headline is in the tweet. Stuart Hogg wanted to go out on a high, so he could say his wish was granted. Half, half. To which yeah. Stuart Hogg, Stuart Hogg himself, has replied with "shite crack." <laughs> <laughs> I like Hoggy. Seems like he's a good laugh. He does seem like he's. And what well, he must I be is about that you, fucking haircut for a start. I, yeah. You took the word. Oh, right sorry. That's yeah. <laughs> no, fine. Oh, right then. We are. Now that we're finishing off each other's punchlines. Oh, this is uh, not awful. That's probably the end of it, isn't it? It is the end of it. <laughs> On that bombshell, we will bring it to an end. Thank you very Indeed. much. Last proper episode of the pod will be next week when we will cover the Premiership final, where two teams of gigantic fuckers will run into each other. There'll yeah. be too much clapping. We'll, There'll be too much bad air. Yeah. Maybe we'll just talk about Chernobyl for the duration of the podcast. Yeah, you're watching it after this, aren't you? It, oh, it's your birthday that. tomorrow, yeah. isn't it, Josh? It is my birthday tomorrow. Are you yeah. doing anything I, nice apart from watching Chernobyl? I'm going to work. Oof, I'm going really to work excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and don't know really. How, how many years is this, if you don't mind saying? I'm, I'm, I'm 34, which I'm, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about what constitutes mid 30s, and I think 34 is 100 percent in the mid 30s. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So welcome to. I'm, I'm ticking a different box. You're in that. What the fuck am I, I supposed to be anymore? Age. Yeah. Because <laughs> once you get to 40, think I'm kind of like a bit like a dad age now, so I can live with that. But yeah. That mid 30s I mean, age is a weird one. I'm in the no man's land yeah. of having no, not enough responsibility but also not enough sense of who I am either. So, you know, Thank please you keep very- giving that to me, this podcast. Many happy returns for tomorrow, Josh. We'll Thank speak you to much. you all next week. Take care. Ta-da. Take care. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.